Thank you for listening to this message from Resurrection Life Church in Granville, Michigan. Well, thank you for coming out on a Wednesday night, a beautiful night. I think we got some rain on the way, but uh, you chose to come in and be a part of worship. And I get the privilege of coming and talking to you tonight. And I, I uh, was out on my bike today taking a little ride, uh, practicing the sermon. I kind of get on my bicycle and I go preach the sermon, just riding through the neighborhoods. I know today I saw a guy looking at me. I was on my bike just talking. I know he thought I was crazy, but I was just like, dude, I'm preaching. So I just kind of had fun with that. And as I did that today, I was just uh, looking forward to sharing this little speech with you, uh, praying that the Lord will use it. And at the end, I'm going to challenge you to respond. And as always, I ask today that you would just listen for the voice of the Lord. Even as I was riding my bike today, I thought, wouldn't it be cool if tonight they didn't see me and they just saw Jesus through me? That would be the perfect night. If the Lord would speak to me tonight, give me a thought, and then that thought could just be transferred right into your mind, and you would be open to what he has to say. That's all I ask. Come with a willingness to listen to what the Lord has to say. I was reading, uh, in fact, I shared on Father's Day and I kind of shared this funny little story I read about this little boy was talking with his dad and he said, Dad, like, you're in charge of the family, right? And, you know, the dad said, well, yeah, I felt pretty good. And he's like, yeah, well, yes, I am. And the little kid said, well, when did mom put you in that position, you know? <laughs> and as I share that funny little story, it reminds me that whether it's family life or some other occupation you have, or or apply in the corporate world, wherever it is, we got this thing about wanting to be the top dog. There's something inside us and in our culture that makes us want to be the top of the ladder because if you're the top of the ladder you're the king of the hill and, and usually the person at the top of the corporate ladder makes the most money have, have the most responsibility in fact some of you tonight feel kind of bad about yourself because you don't think you're very high on the ladder of life uh, the last time I preached here I brought a ladder and I thought shoot I'm going to do it two in a row so I got a ladder again Last time, this is too big. I can't even lift this thing. But I'm going to put it up here. I'm going to attempt to. Um, I want to kind of illustrate it with this ladder. Um, we, we, we do it mentally. And, and we don't say it out loud. But there's a sense, even watch. There's a sense when just when you start climbing it, oh, yeah, I feel a little taller than everybody else. I can look down on all the little people. And, and you, you get at work, you get a what? Promotion. You know, whatever. Say, I wanted to get a demotion. No, everybody wants a promotion. Why? So you can get a little higher. Now look at all the people I can look at. And we call this in our society, lording it over others. The corporate ladder is exactly this. And look what it's built on. Watch the frame. It leads to me being the top person. It's all about me. Now, I'm not going to dare stand up on that thing tonight. But that's what it's about. We call it the corporate ladder because it, it's about me. And we do this in family life. There are some of you here who... Uh, In your mind, the best way to run your family is, I am in charge. You will listen to me. And growing up as a kid, my dad had this type of leadership. 
he kind of said, you'll do what I say. And I go, but dad, that's not how you live. I don't care how I live. I'm in charge. You'll do what I say. And that, that's kind of the way the world is. And I want to show you something that kind of stands in stark contrast to that. And it's recorded in Luke chapter 22, turn in your scripture if you have it with you. Luke 22 verse uh, 24 is where I'm going to go. So all y'all know, all y'all know that Jesus got his disciples together toward the end and he kind of had communion with them. We call it communion now. They didn't call it communion then, but that's what we call it. Sometimes we come and they give you that little cracker, you know that thing, you can't tear the top off. But we, we do communion. And we share communion because Jesus did it with his disciples. And there's a story that occurs right after Jesus doing communion. I don't know if you realize it's what happens right after. Jesus has gone around the table. He's served the, the body, the bread representing his body. Then he served the wine representing his blood. And the Bible says, what's this? As soon as he had finished doing that, Luke 22, 24, a dispute broke out among them. Y'all ever thought about that? That would be like us having communion tonight and then two of y'all getting up and starting a fight. It would be like, what the world? We just had communion. Are you serious? I tell you, it gives me a lot of hope because y'all ever have fights at your dinner table? It's like, I just served you all this food. Now you're going to start fighting? See, these people, they were with Jesus and they still had problems. Gives us hope. So these disciples started fighting, notice what it was about, about who was the greatest. It occurs to me that they were fighting because this Jesus had said to them, one of, one of you is going to betray me. So I think what happened was they got into a little disagreement. Well, it won't be me. I, did you see the healing I did yesterday? I'm all up in there. It ain't going to be me. I'm top dog. So the disciples were fighting about who was highest on Jesus' ladder. They wanted to be the top disciple. And Jesus listened to them, let them squabble. And then he looked at them and he said, the kings of the Gentiles lorded over them. He drew a ladder, if you will. But you are not to be like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest and the one who rules like the one who serves. And then Jesus said to him, who do y'all think's the greatest? The people that sit at the table are the people that serve the table. Tonight, when I arrived here, in fact, I told them it's one of my reasons I love to come on Wednesday night versus Sunday morning. They got some serious food back there. <laughs> Chicken fingers and salad. My daughter and her boyfriend, they came with me because I said, y'all got to go see this food. It's awesome. Now, let me ask you something. Who's more important? The people that fix that food or the guy that got to eat it? See, our society would say, oh, oh, Dan is the important. We made this food for him. I want y'all to know, uh-uh. It's one of the reasons when I go somewhere and speak, 
I specifically talk to those who serve food. I try to find the people who do that sort of thing. You know why? Because the Bible says the least will be the greatest. You, you can't say, I ain't the greatest. It's the one who was out tonight in the parking lot serving and saying, hey, welcome, thanks, come in. This is where you can park. This is, where you, this is how you get into the sanctuary, et cetera. I'm gonna tell you, we got these things messed up in church too. And Jesus said to his disciples, who's the greatest, the one that sits at the table or the one who serves the table, knowing that everybody would say, of course, the ones who sit at the table, that's what the kings do and the people serve them. And Jesus said, well, isn't this interesting? You're sitting at the table and I'm walking around bringing you your bread and your wine. Jesus had them. They knew right away, oops, the top one is the serving one. Now, I want you to see, that wasn't the first time they had argued. In Luke chapter 9, an argument broke out among who would be the greatest. Luke 9, 46, it seems like they had a lot of competition about being the best disciple. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, I, I want to take a moment and say to you tonight, whatever you're thinking right now about serving, Jesus knows how you feel about it. Like if while I'm speaking, you're sitting there going, oh, he can sit up there and talk all day. I ain't going home serving nobody. Jesus knows you got that cocky, all-up attitude, stinky eye, whatever it is you got. He knows you got it. My daughter, she pulled in today, and I was just saying stinky eye. She goes, what's going on with you? I said, I don't know. I got stinky eye on my mind of that. But we got that look, you know, like I'm somebody ain't going, nobody ain't going to tell me what. Anybody you see going, ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. Like I told you, now when I need an illustration, I go to Walmart, and I, I was walking around behind these two teenage boys at Walmart, and you know they were both 18, and they were telling each other that somebody had asked them to do something, and literally one of them said, nobody's going to tell me what to do. It's just that attitude, and geez, you can have that attitude at 50, at 80, at 20. You can have the attitude at all ages. The point is, it's not what Jesus is looking for. And see, it's what the disciples had. And Jesus said, unless you become like a little child, you don't get it. He said this, whoever welcomes this little child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. For he who is least, he is the greatest. Now I want you to know, watch. Jesus, his words just came out of his mouth to his disciples. Because the one who's least, he is the greatest. John said to Jesus, uh, Master, the other day we were driving out. The he changed the subject altogether. This is hilarious. Jesus just pointed something out. And John goes, uh, can we talk about something else? Totally what we do. Like tonight, um, if the Lord convicts you or shows you in your spirit, you know, I really don't have a servant attitude. You know what you want to do? Change the subject. Get on another thing. Let's sing again. Great is the Lord. I mean, you know, get your mind off it. We don't like it, which is a sign that we're not a servant. And Jesus took this corporate ladder idea. I'm going to try to do it. I don't know if I can. This is going to be heavy. Jesus took this thing and he flipped it upside down. I tell you what I'll do. I'll do it on the ground so somebody will get killed. Jesus, well, so y'all, not y'all get killed, not me. So Jesus took this ladder. Let's do it. Like, can we just sit it up? Will it stay? If not, then you can stand there. Just kidding. 
What a servant. Way to go, Scott. Let's sit it up against the edge here. Jesus took this ladder. Yeah, oh, brilliant. Jesus took this ladder and he flipped it upside down. Yes, that's good. That's perfect. That's great. You keep going, buddy. Ride it. Look at there, Scott. Thank you. Jesus took the ladder and flipped it upside down. Watch this. I got to show you. This is really cool. Jesus said, if you want to be the greatest, be the least. Be right here. And look, look what happens when you do that. Your witness spreads. See, instead of it being about you anymore, all of a sudden it becomes about everybody. See, this is what Jesus, Jesus set an example of what it means to be a servant. Look at this. And his message is still going out. Isn't that awesome? You can use these ladders for all kinds of illustrations. I can't wait till next time. I'm going to come up with something else. <laughs> and here's what I want to show you. This idea of being a servant, and I've said this little phrase. In fact, when I pass away, I've told my wife, I want this on my tombstone. Repetition creates reputation. If you do something over and over and over again, you'll be known for it. Jesus, serve, 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 and we call him servant. Jesus, healed, 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 and we call him healer. Jesus, redeem, 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 and we call him redeemer. Why? Because his repetition, doing it every day, over and over and over, became what he was known for. Same deal with you. So tonight, if I went to your family and said, hey, um, give me their name. Like, what do they repeat over and over? So if you yell, 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 they would call you old yeller. <laughs> if you lie, then you're a liar. If you're a cheat, you're a cheater. If you're a love, then you're a lover. It's whatever you do. Now here's the interesting part of this. We don't really see ourselves the way that maybe other people see us. So like, I, I decided to test this on myself. Uh, Jane and I just downsized our home. We built a smaller home in the same little neighborhood, but uh, went with this builder. And so I, two weeks ago, working on all this, I called the guy that was in charge of the building process. His name's Brad. I said, Brad, I want to ask you a question. I just built a house with you, and I want to know, I think I was pretty good to work with. I said, you know, working with me seems like it would be fun. And I said, but I thought that it would be interesting to call and see what your perspective might be on it. I said, and Brad, I need you to be dead on it. Don't lie. I said, you know me. And I said, I'm going to use you in a sermon illustration, so don't try to give me the right answer for that. I said, but I want you to grade me. And he's, his first words were, do I have to? <laughs> that wasn't a good sign coming out of the gate. And I said, well, I, I really, I said, but only if you can just be dead honest. He said, you really want me to be, I said, I want you to be dead honest. And he said, what's average? That's another bad sign. I said, six or seven's average. And he said, well, then you were a five. 
yeah, I, that's the way I felt. I was like, seriously, Brad? He goes, yeah, you were, you were pretty tough. I was like, well, what, what like gave me that reputation? Because I had myself at like a nine and a quarter. <laughs> and he said, well, Dan, you know what really was? I said, what's that? He said, dumb. You sent me a couple of texts during the process that just weren't very nice. And I went to Jane, <laughs> and I said, honey, I talked to Brad today. Jane's my wife, for those of you who don't know. But I went to her, I said, honey, I talked to Brad today. And he gave me a score on, uh, on how good it was to work with me. I said, what would you have thought I would have been? She said, well, he probably remembered those texts. <laughs> because here's what's funny. The text that I sent that he didn't like, I had run them by her first, and she said, Dan, don't send that. <laughs> Did y'all hear that? She looked right at me. She read it. She goes, honey, don't send that. that it's not coming across right. It's not nice. Dan, that's not a nice text. What did I do? Send. <laughs> and my repetition, so, so, so here's my here. I'm, I'm, I'm just throwing out questions tonight. Have you been sending out any texts that getting you a reputation? That person that you work with, you know, that kind of, you're beside them all day long and they drive you crazy. What are they hearing from you? Are you in the middle of that being a, oh, I'm not telling y'all this is easy. I'm not telling you that it's fun to go, you know what, let me, let me just be a servant here. That's what I want to be, a servant. That's not easy. There's a reason we get together and worship a man named Jesus because he was willing to do that even when it didn't feel good. We don't worship Jesus because he decided just to kind of screw everybody over. We worship him because he said, well, y'all can call me what y'all want to call me. Y'all can treat me however you want to treat me. You can even kill me if you need to. But you won't win. I'll still love you. Are you kidding me? Y'all got any people real hard to love? What would happen if you just became a servant? Uh, my daughter Anna, who's here with me, was telling us something difficult that happened to her at school today. This person that was just driving her nuts. And I said, this sermon is going to be perfect for you. You get to go tomorrow and serve that's not fun but Jesus flipped the ladder and it's why we Christians do not live for this world we live for this world it's way bigger I just wrote down a couple little points my time's probably about done but I'm going to share a couple more whatever position you're in here's my second point Whatever position you are in, serve there. Dan, I don't get any recognition. Perfect. But Dan, you don't get it. In the corporate ladder in my office, I should, I should be over that person. Stop focusing on that and serve. You will never lose if you have a servant spirit. It will look like it. It will feel like it. But you will never lose if you serve. I can tell you 
from experience. I've had my fives out of ten, but I've had other situations where the Lord has shown me to serve and I'll win. Recently, in the last couple of years, I had a situation with a friend who was saying things about me that weren't true. Killed me. My family knows. They know the situation. It was the hardest thing for me. And the Lord showed me toward the beginning, don't say a word and I'll redeem this situation. I went quiet for two years. People would come to me and I'd just go, ah, you know, the Lord knows. You need to know everything inside me. Wanted to flip that ladder back up and go, well, that ain't true. I tell you the truth about that. I bring a lie, chief. And the Lord just said, shut up. I would go on to Janice and say, it's so hard to keep my mouth shut. I don't even care if I get a five. I just want to let it out. And I felt like in my prayer time, shut up. Don't say a word. Just a few months ago, sat with this person. The person looked across the room at me and he asked me to forgive him for all the stuff he had done to me. I couldn't believe it. I was sitting there going, wow, I can't believe this happened. And I looked at him and I said, well, let me ask you a question. Have you had one person come to you and say, Dan Seaborn ever said a negative word about you? And he said, I have not. And I said, well, the reason is because the Lord told me to keep my mouth shut when this whole started, whole thing started and I've honored him, and I believe the Lord has blessed that, and I believe that's why you're here today. And this person said to me, the Lord showed me to keep my mouth shut too, and I didn't. I tried to take you down. And I sat there, and I can honestly tell you, I got a five on that other thing, but I felt like I got a nine or ten with the Lord here where he just kind of said, Dan, I told you, if you will just be a servant, I'll take care of it. That's a good word for somebody tonight. Somebody here, you know what you're doing a little too much? Because you worry about how you're going to look, how your name going to look, how your face going to look, how people going to talk about you. They are talking about me behind my back. Don't y'all remember they talked about Jesus behind his back? Looks like he won after all. Somebody's happy. <laughs> and then I'll tell you this too. When I first became a pastor, um, my first church as a youth pastor, I remember I got so excited, man. I was so pumped about being a preacher. I worked and worked and worked on my first sermon. I was prepared for the droves to show up. Two people. <laughs> two. I remember Jane was there and these two people walked in. I kept, I said, well, leave the door open. There are probably the hundreds are coming right behind them. <laughs> two people. And I remember as the people got in, the Lord said, I didn't call you. To be, I just called you to be a preacher, so preach. I preached my, I was sweating when I got done. I was sweating. I preached to two people. Woo! And that ministry grew like crazy. We got up to 14. It was unreal. 14 teens came to that youth group. I stayed there for two years preaching to them. We had a little room. We met down in the cellar of the church. It looked like the cellar. I mean, it wasn't very big. We were packing them, seven on each side. It was packed. And I preached. Every week, I preached my heart out. I remember the Lord saying, preach your heart. I remember the Lord showing me, be a servant. Because I wanted to preach to a 1,000, see? And I never got to preach to a 1,000. I got to preach to 14. And I, I remember, I look back, because it was in that training ground that the Lord showed me. It's not about a size. 
doesn't matter. Here's why I found out. A little girl in that youth group, her name was Dawn. She was 14 when I started preaching to her. She was 16 when I left that church. She was murdered at 18. About a block and a half from the little church where I'd preached all those years to her. I'm glad I preached my heart out because that little girl had gotten saved. She was kidnapped and murdered just real close to the church. And I remember looking back going, boy, I'm glad I didn't look past that little group of 14. Because Dawn was in there. Don't look past where Jesus has you tonight. Don't, don't be, don't corporate ladder this thing and go, but if I could just get two more rungs up. Nope, when you get two rungs up, you'll want to be four more rungs up. Be a servant wherever you are and you will never lose. Because, and my third little point, and I'll close with this. If you're a servant, accolades and awards are not important to you. Honoring Jesus is all that matters. I mean, guys, do you guys realize? Um, you know, I, I was thinking about this little message. Um, I know some of you came here tonight, and I don't, I don't say this arrogantly at all, because I have repeated, I have a repetition I repeat, I preach, I give my guts out when I preach. I try to preach a message that's powerful and honoring to Jesus. I study hard. I practice hard. I don't get up here and waste your time, I hope. And I believe there are some people here tonight who came because I have a reputation of being a decent preacher. And, I, and I'm not, no, don't clap. No, no, I, Lord, well, if you clap, then Lord, get it, get it, get it. My point in saying all that was this. In 50 years, shoot. In 30 years, I'm 54. In 30 years, I probably won't be up here unless Dwayne brings me up. Hey, Dwayne, come on up. I probably won't be preaching like this. So I better make sure I'm preaching tonight to honor Jesus and not Dan Seaborn. Because Dan Seaborn's name will pass away, but the name of Jesus will last forever. So tonight, if you came, tonight, if you came to hear me, Tonight, if you came to hear me, can I just ask, can you please listen for Jesus through what I have to say? Because if I'll just be a servant and honor him, that'll be the greatest thing I can do. And, and, and as I rode my bike today, I thought, I'm just going to hit it in case it's there. I, I just thought, you know, Rez is a cool church. A lot of people come here, especially as guests. It may be somebody came tonight and you've, You've heard about Jesus all your life. In fact, you're kind of sick of it. You ever thought about following him and being a servant and seeing what could happen with your life? I, I'm, I'm not telling you this is easy. It wasn't even easy to lay the ladder down. God had to work a while. And we're just working with a ladder. It's a whole lot harder to work on your heart to become a servant. Because you've got to flip it upside down. It's not about you. If you came here tonight and... You really do think about yourself a lot. Can I say, those of you who are teenage, you might be in that category. It kind of fits your age. I mean, when you're 17, it's all, you wake up in the morning, there's that zip, then there's all that stuff, and your shirt has got to be perfect, and your shorts, you know, and your shoes. Yeah, I, mean, I get it, I get it. But you know what? That can transfer to 30 and 52. 50-year-olds who are selfish are way more selfish than 17-year-olds who are selfish because you have practiced a long time. And Jesus kind of says to all of us tonight, can you just change something? You know what I learned? So 
So the guy that gave me a five, I shared that story on Sunday for Father's Day. It's the second time I've shared that because I just found out. He sent me a text. Dan, I know I gave you a five, but I look up to you as a godly man, a leader, et cetera. I said to him, Brad, if you see anything in me, we disproved it. When Dan does his thing, he gets five. When Dan honors Jesus, he gets tens. And I said, Brad, if you learn anything from me, don't be like me. Don't be selfish. Be selfless, and God will use your life. Learn from your mistakes. Tonight, take a little something I've said. Like, go home and serve somebody. And there's some kids going, please, Dad, please. (laughs) Because you're about yourself. And Jesus said, if you want to be the greatest, be the least. I prayed about how to end this. I know you guys are comfortable doing this. So you know what I'm going to do? If the Lord showed you something about yourself. And, and so I'll start with me. I, I already told you I messed up. I can be a better servant. But if the Lord just showed you something about yourself where you could serve a little better. There's, there's something you're dealing with at, at your home, at your school, at your work. At, I, I, you pick it. If there's a way you could be a better servant. Here's what we're going to do. Stand up. I'm standing up. If the Lord has spoken to you at all, would you stand up? And I'm going to pray over you tonight. Father God, I hear the people standing. They're joining me because, man, oh, man, did you do something awesome when you served us and died for us. Tonight, there might be one standing who's never accepted you. They didn't realize you came to serve so that they could have life eternal. So would you forgive collectively all of our sins, but specifically those who maybe have never said, Jesus, forgive me my sin. Help me to go realizing I have a way more important thing to life than living for me. I can go live for you. And help us, Lord. Help us when we're building houses and with coworkers and at school. Help us, help us to be more Christ-like. May we honor you fully. Flip our ladders, if you will, Jesus, so that our arms could open out wide like the bottom of that ladder and be about making a difference for your kingdom. We love you tonight. I give all those who are standing with me to you. And I pray you would bless us and anoint us with your salvation and your grace. In Jesus' name we all say, amen. For more information about ResLife, please visit our website at reslife.org. If you have questions about ResLife or would like directions to visit us, please feel free to call 616-534-4923.